It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Welcome to another episode of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being here, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. I'm your host. I'm also one of the certified financial planners on the program. Special show today. Have CFP and one of my business partners, Josh Gregory, and special guest, Corey Johnson. That's right. Hey, big changes are coming to retirement plans because of the SECURE Act 2.0. We've had some other shows that uh, talk about the tax law changes from this new legislation. But today, we're going to be focusing specifically on changes that will impact your 401k. Helping us to do that is retirement plan expert from Corhorn Financial Group, Corey Johnson. Excited to have Corey on the show. He does a lot of uh, financial education for businesses and, and whatnot, and, but uh, first time on the show. Glad to have you. If you have a question for the program, we'll see how deep we get in the content today, in, in, uh, but hoping to hit questions second half of the program. Call or text 574-222-2000 at 574-222-2000, onlinewisemoneyshow.com, and then all over social media, wherever you're at, we are there as well. And I'll tell you, if you, if you own a small business, you run or lead a small business, my goodness, this show is for you. And and let me say it differently to basically include everyone that's impacted or if you have a 401k, right? This show mm-hmm. is for you. And any one of those groups likely will have some questions, but we're going to break it down for you. So, Corey, glad you're here. Secure Act 2.0, we've hit ad nauseum, right? And But it's, gosh, it's job security for those of us in, you know, financial geeks. We've talked about already, and we're going to keep talking about it because it's such a big change, Everything from the RMD age changes, which are pretty straightforward in a confusing way. Um, and then like the most complex in the Secure Act 2.0, probably that 529 to Roth transfer that's allowed. But there's like 98 other tax law changes in between on that spectrum of very easy and very complicated. And, uh, and, and a lot of those have to do with 401k, some big changes. So Corey and I connected before the, the show and said, hey, what are the biggest ones within the Secure Act 2.0, biggest tax law changes that impact 401k. First one, auto-enrollment. So Corey, what changes are within the Secure Act 2.0 in regards to auto-enrollment to 401ks? Yeah, well, if we think about how most people enrolled into their 401k when they first started, it was either with the HR department or an advisor saying, hey, do you want to opt into a 401k plan? Do you want to defer some of your pay into your retirement plan? Mm-hmm. In the new world, it it's almost a 180 degree shift. So instead of saying, hey, I want to opt in, you're now going to say, I want to opt out of contributing to my retirement. No, you're mm-hmm. not. You're going to stay in, right? <laughs> right? But so so within the Secure Act 2.0, like, are they just, are they forcing? Are they requiring auto enrollment? Or are they, how are they, what changes are happening? Yeah. So the new loss actually starts in 2025 is when it becomes effective. And any... Uh, new plan, and here's the tricky part, the law doesn't take effect until 2025, but it it affects any new plan that was started on or after the enactment date, which was December 29th of 2022. Oh my goodness. So if you try to sneak in and say, hey, I want to start this plan, but I don't want the auto-enrollment, you're still going to have to do it starting in 2025. Okay. And think you'll be auto-enrolled at a minimum of 3%, and there will also be an automatic escalation or an increase to your contributions of 1% per year up to a maximum of 15%. And your employer gets to decide what that percentage is, what that max is. Okay. So here's the deal. I'm just going to go on record here. 
Corey, there's a, we've got a table in between us, a safe distance. I don't <laughs> like auto enrollment. I'm not a fan of it. Really? And I might even go so strongly to say I hate it. I really? hate it. And here's why, okay? Because auto enrolling at 3%, I think, gives the impression that I don't need to do anything. I'm already doing the right thing. It's not the right thing. It's not. Right? On average... People are saving around 6%, I think, to their 401k. I'm not looking it up as last time I looked. Um, I know we would encourage you to be saving 15%, and that's mm-hmm. really from your very first paycheck. But your circumstances could influence that significantly. If you have pensions or inheritance or don't spend a lot of money, maybe you don't need to save that much. But I, 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 I kind of reject the idea that, well, auto-enrollment, done. I'm, I'm doing the right mm-hmm. thing. No, nah, oftentimes you're not. What's interesting about these changes Companies that have auto enrollment right now typically are auto enrolling at 5%, and there's an auto escalation until 10. This is starting lower, three, and auto escalation until 15. I- yeah. Interesting. I'm not a fan. So you're more concerned, though, that they're starting too low? And that and the, and the, it gives a false sense of that I'm doing the right thing. I'm doing what I should. This is the yeah. same reason why I don't like TurboTax. Not because I'm I want to prop up the CPA business, but I feel like that's the wrong sense of accomplishment. I got my taxes done electronically, really easy. Yeah, but did you pay too much tax? Mm-hmm. Did you take advantage of all the tax planning strategies you should have taken advantage of? So anyway, yeah, I I, I, I agree almost, with that. Yeah, I almost like it more for the person that says I don't have time to enroll and figure this stuff out. So at least we're going to get you in at 3% and gradually step you up. It's not mm-hmm. a solution, yeah. but it is a, a baby step towards. You know, we're financial advisors, right? So we're always trying to encourage people to take the right action in their financial life. And we've been, you know, often helping clients go from maybe they're at 8% and they really need to be at 12 or 15% contributions. And how do we suggest that they get there? Baby steps, yeah. right? Over a period of time. I would like to see people escalate a little faster than just 1% per year. Sometimes we'll we'll uh, encourage people to maybe be a little bit more aggressive and say, hey, I, w- I want to increase 1% every quarter until it hurts <laughs> or until I get to 15%, whichever comes first. Yeah. And when it hurts... Give me a call. We're going to talk about it. And we're going to, you know, give some creativity there to to how we can enhance this. But I, I don't know. I, I like the fact that there is auto enrollment and especially the fact that it is paired with auto escalation, that it is going to be ratcheting up. H- have you guys read the book Nudge before? Yeah. Uh, that book is fantastic. Like it, It's really all about like trying to set up the game, set up the system in a way that almost encourages you right to habits. win, right? Yeah, yeah you, you set your workout clothes out the night before. You have healthy snacks lying around so you don't grab the unhealthy ones. And to me, this is just another example of kind of rigging the game to help you win in your financial life. Okay, I need to get off this soapbox, but I'm just going to tell you because it sounds like you guys are way too nice. Um, <laughs> auto escalation into pre-tax, not Roth. You're not making that important yeah, decision. Yeah, that's a problem. Auto, or not auto escalation, auto enrollment. Auto enrollment into qualified default investment alternative. So just some some investment that you haven't picked. Now, I think those have gotten better, but yeah. I've seen it where it's just been cash or something, some garbage, okay? And then lastly, who's your beneficiary? So, Corey, we're going to have you back on the program. We're going to talk about the five decisions that you need to make anytime you're investing in 401k. But I'll digress and just concede that it does nudge people in the right direction who might not otherwise. Now, if there's all this auto escalation, trying to make more 401ks available to more people, what about all these companies that don't have 401ks? 
Yeah, well, the government, Secure Act 2.0, has incentivized new plans or new employers to start these retirement plans. And think you can potentially have a free plan um, for essentially the first three years that you start it. Okay, so Ke- Kevin, Kevin's not on the show, but he would say there are no free plans. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so explain a little bit more. And, and, and again, we can poo-poo it and everything because money doesn't grow on trees, but, but this, is, this is a benefit. It, it is a benefit to those receiving it, so explain a little bit more. Yeah. So there, with the new tax credit for employers that have less than 50 employees, think you can get a 100% tax credit for the first three years to a max of $5,000. And I'd say 5,000 would be a fairly expensive plan to start up. So most most startup plans will cover that pretty easily. Okay, so that I was gonna ask, what does the 5,000 represent? Is it just startup costs? Is it like the annual administrative costs? Yeah, so what startup what goes costs, it could be a, any annual administration from a third party administrator, record keeping costs. Um, any type of startup cost from an advisor if they come out and say, hey, pretty much anything that the uh, plan sponsor is going to pay, not nothing that comes out of plan assets that are coming out of participant accounts, but things that the plan sponsor. So plan sponsor being the employer. So an employer is creating a plan for employees. It's a benefit to them. But one of the hurdles that a lot of small businesses have is, man, I don't want all that administrative headache or the cost, right? And one of the ways that you get rid of a lot of the administrative headache is you delegate that to a third party, um, but that adds cost, right? So this helps to deal with that, helps you get over the hump there, and kind of, as you said, incentivizes you to get this in place for your employees. And not only is there a credit to get this in place, but because of Secure Act 2.0, there's actually an enhanced credit for employer matching now. Oh my goodness. All right, we're going to yeah, we're going to pick we're going to pick that up in just a second. No, it's exciting because so basically what does this mean? If you don't have a 401k available to you at your employer, you might have one soon, right? They're going to make it very very easy and you've got that available to you. Yeah, taxpayers are paying for it, but all right, there's a lot of other changes coming to the 401k, your 401k, 401k market. We've got that more coming up on the Wise Money show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. The 401k world is changing. So listen, if you have a 401k at work, or even if you don't, you work for a small employer and you've wanted one or wished your company had one, guys, the landscape is changing. You might have one available soon. We're talking about those changes and more. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Josh Gregory, special guest, retirement plans expert, Corey Johnson. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is on podcast wherever you listen. Go check it out. And while you're there, search the Wise Money Show, of course, but then subscribe to it and then rate the program. We appreciate that feedback. All right. So Corey is one of the retirement plans experts on our team at Corhorn Financial Group. Does a lot of help. Oh my goodness. In two different ways. Well, more than that, really. But uh, I was going to say evaluating existing retirement plans that businesses have and showing, hey, listen, no one's really been, no one's had their eye on this. This is this is old and dusty. There's some enhancements and some cost savings typically that can be had. So that's one. And then the other is you do a lot of education. We've got a full kind of service spectrum on how we serve businesses and the participants, quote unquote, employees, quote unquote, you, and give financial education. So Corey's instrumental in all that. Today is on the show talking about the Secure Act 2.0 and all the changes it made to the 401ks. So, Corey, we left off on tax credits that people get. I'm not sure, or or 
that businesses get when they start a new plan. I don't know if there's any more on the bone there. So let's hit that. And then incentives for people contributing to their plans and so on. So what, what are these changes? Great. Yeah, I would say um, one of the major tax credit changes is the new employer matching contribution credit. So if you are um, doing a match, you can get for the first two years a 100% tax credit up to $1,000 per employee as a, a credit on your tax return. And then it scales down by 25%. Year three, it's at 75. Year four, it's at 50. Year five, 25. And then a 0% going forward. Well, that is a pretty um, big benefit, especially for the startup retirement plans. So we are going to cancel our 401k at Corhorn Financial Group and restart one in 2025. You got to no, wait three years. You got to wait three years? Okay. So I was going to say there's a lot of nuances and likely some questions here. But um, but not all the details are are fully are fully out yet. But so taxpayers are going to help you, small business. If you don't have a four hundred one k, they're going to you're going to get tax credits to cover up to five grand of expenses for the first couple of years, first three years. And then even if you say, well, it, another expense of starting a plan is the company is the employee match. See, I would have been mean and said, you don't need to do a match. It's okay. Just having a four hundred one k available. That's a big deal. But no, the government's going to provide a tax credit for the match as well. So taxpayers are paying for it. It's interesting, though, how many people choose to just not participate in their 401k if there isn't a match. It's like, oh, what's the point? Uh, what, you know, I'm, I'm not getting yeah. any sort of reward for saving into my 401k if my employer isn't throwing money in. And I, I feel like every once in a while we've got to kind of coach up some folks on, you know, this, this may have um, tax benefits to you by saving into this account. It's saving for your own retirement, so this is a big bucket for you to be able to contribute money into. But uh, it, the fact is, employer or employees are more likely to participate when there's a match. And so the fact that the government is making it not only easy, they're doing it for you. Um, if you're an employer and you want to be able to provide a match in, in those early years, and the government is essentially paying it for you, that, that is unheard of. I, I mean, I, I would have been surprised if I hadn't seen all of the things that they did during COVID. Right. Yeah. Good point. Good oh, point. Okay. So here's, oh, sorry. Yeah, well, no, I don't know. I, I have a very nerdy question that maybe is not even answerable right now, but normally when an employer does a match for the employee, they get a business expense. It's it's a deductible expense for them. Uh, do you get to write it off and get a credit? There's, it's like double dipping. Oh, there's no way. There's you would no think way. not, but like you just said. When yeah. are you ever surprised anymore? We, we yeah we, we don't know that yet. I'm, yeah okay. So Secure Act. If you're wondering what this is, so setting every community up for retirement enhancement is how they labeled this thing. Secure Act. Okay. Um, I okay. So if that's the premise, then making 401ks more available, auto enrolling people, auto escalating. I like all of that. However. A couple of bizarre features that are going to impact your 401k is making it more accessible to you if you need to access it before retirement. That is yeah. mind-boggling. Now, at the same time, we just went through COVID and a financial emergency, and we did a couple of emergency shows here on the Wise Money Show to say, if you need cash, here's where you can get it. So in one sense, I like that they've opened it up more, but at the other sense, it's just driving complexity. So Corey, talk about some of the ways that Secure Act 2.0 is making someone's 401k or retirement accounts more available to them, more accessible. Yeah, there's just a whole list of tools available to employees now that 
may not make sense uh, to you to use. I'd work with your CFP to make sure it's the right tool to use in your situation. But I think there is a new benefit for qualified disaster recovery. So if your primary residence is inside of a disaster area, you can uh, pull out $22,000 as a max from your 401k. Um, and that's repayable for three years. Um, a terminal illness, typically we think of a terminal illness as, hey, we've been diagnosed and we have 24 months until uh, the doctors say that's, that's, our, that's our expected life expectancy. That is being increased to seven years, 84 months. So that mm. is just unbelievable wow. to be able to. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Seven years. Like, I, I wouldn't have said someone who's been given seven years to live. I, I never think of that as like terminal illness. It's it's a guess as to how long some people outlive that and so on. But okay. Well, that's interesting. All right. What else? Uh, we have some victims of domestic abuse. Uh, and that starts in 2024. And that can be $10,000 or 50% of your vested balance. And the way they defined abuse, I'm not going to read the entire uh, blurb there, but it, it's very loose. It's, yeah. There's not a great defining moment on that. Yeah. Um, and then there's expanded plan loans. So if you don't want to take a distribution necessarily, you want to take a loan, um, you can take up to $100,000 um, out of your 401k in the form of a loan instead of a distribution and those payments can be delayed for up to a year. Oh, my goodness. And that expanded loan, you don't have to hit certain circumstances. It doesn't have to be a hardship situation. It'd be the or... same as the distribution. Your primary residence would have to be um, in a federally declared disaster area. Okay. Uh, so FEMA declares that, and that would trigger the ability to pull out 100000 compared to potentially a 50000 max if you weren't in that uh FEMA area. So mm. confusing in there, and I know there's a long list. There's even more. We can't hit all of them, but uh, as a couple comments here. So making your 401k more available to you if you're in an emergency, and I'm good with that. Will you remember all of these laws? How will you be able to keep track if your unique circumstance is on the list or it's not? And then the other thing I would say is, you know, you go through something like COVID or you go through a big disaster and Congress is going to come out and rewrite the rules anyway. I mean, some of those sound like coronavirus related distributions right. and some of the changes they made with loans to 401ks during that time. And you'd think if we so they've now made those sort of permanent, except if we go through a situation like that again, they're going to come out with new rules again. So it's just mm -hmm. it, it's it's making it more complicated. Especially from a tax standpoint, because anytime you can take a withdrawal and then you have so many years to maybe pay it back, now you're starting to affect the, the tax return in the year that you made the withdrawal, and then you're having to undo some things further on down the road. Uh, this gets real messy, and it, it almost puts you in a position where, yeah, the, the hope of being able to prepare your own taxes, if it wasn't gone already... Uh, it, it would instantly if if you start you know down that path. To me, this is where you need more than just tax preparation. You need advice, right? right? You need a guide along the way, and it's because of the complexity of these these rules. We uh, we're, we're running out of time in this segment, so we'll have to pick it back up. But there are two other strange sort of new changes as far as able your ability to get money out of your four hundred one k. So Corey, start scratching the surface on those. Yes, I think there's the two major ones are an emergency withdrawal up to $1,000 and then also something new called a linked savings account. 
Um, so the ability to defer some Roth dollars into this emergency savings account um, that you can really pull out without any distribution costs at least four times a year. Yeah. So they're essentially creating any, trying to create an emergency fund within your 401k. And even if you didn't set that up, there's an emergency withdrawal that you can get access to. I, you can probably imagine if you're a fan of the Wise Money Show, I've got some strong opinions on this. So we're going to, we're going to paint that in a planning perspective in that, in that context. So we've got that. And then a lot of other changes still yet to hit with 401ks that you need to be aware of, whether you run a business and have a 401k or, or are a participant. We've got that more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Can your 401k be be counted on, be relied on in the case of an emergency? Then, well, if it can, should it be? We're helping you with that and more. Right now, this is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Josh Gregory, special guest, retirement plans expert, Corey Johnson. If, you, if you've missed anything on the Wise Money Show, either this episode or previous episodes, or want to catch up on any other content, Find us on the YouTube channel. Go check us out. Search The Wise Money Show. Subscribe to the channel. Turn on notifications so you're made aware every time we drop new content. Secure Act 2.0, setting every community up for retirement enhancement. 2.0 came out just recently. Lots of big changes to you. It will change your financial plan. There is no question. And But big changes to 401k plans as well. Here's the thing. They're trying to, throughout the 100 or so tax law changes, trying to make retirement savings, trying to encourage retirement savings. And I get that if they're going to encourage retirement savings, I'm sure some people, a decent amount of people say, well, I don't know if I want to save up if I, if I need the money back Mm -hmm. and I can't get to it, maybe I'm just not going to save up at all. And so even though I want to poo poo some of these rules that they've put in place to where you can go get access to your 401k, I think it's for that reason to help overcome that mental hurdle. Here's the issue. The emergency withdrawal exception, Corey, I'm going to want you to explain that and the emergency link savings account. I'm just, that doesn't meet an, an emergency fund. It's not right. a supplement. It's not a replacement for an emergency right. fund. So the emergency withdrawal exception, how much is that and how frequently and all that? So it's a max of $1,000 and $1,000 a calendar year, but you can take it out again as long as you've paid back the previous amount. So if you were to pay that back um, through deferrals or you just made an extra contribution to your plan that covered the $1,000, you can go ahead and take that out again. Or if you wait three years. So you don't have to contribute at all. If you wait three years, you can take it out again. So $1,000 essentially every three years. That's not – this. That, to me, this seems like an administrative – nightmare. Yeah. And you might say- It doesn't even solve the problem, really. Right. And you might say, well, okay, but I can just, I can pull that money back out. It's taxable. Mm -hmm. There's no penalty. It's Mm -hmm. still taxable if it's pre-tax money. So, and then emergency, normally, you know, your emergency fund should meet three qualifications, should be FDIC insured, should be free, and then it should be liquid. And while this one sort of breaks all of those, definitely the liquid piece, if you're in, if you're in emergency, how frequently can you, or how fast can you get this thousand bucks? Mm-hmm. So and then so enter then the next one, which is the emergency linked savings account. Now this is you would elect to do this. The your contributions would go into this sidecar account, 
not pre-tax, so these have to be Roth or after-tax contributions, they're still eligible for the match. So if you're contributing into this and not directly into your 401k, you can still get a company match. But the max here is what, $2,500? And, and I'll say you may not have the ability to elect. Your employer might elect for you that you will contribute to this plan oh my. until you hit the $2,500 max. Oh my and goodness. on top of that, they can elect, okay, once they make that contribution that meets the $2,500 max, they can either say they're gonna their contributions are just going to stop automatically once they hit that, or in an ideal world, um, that contribution goes into the Roth account now. But you as a participant may not, if you're auto-enrolling, you may not... You may stop contributing to your retirement plan without even knowing it. So then here's my question. Wow. Is there so much good it's, it, it's bad, right? Because I, 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 I get the rationale with this. We're going we, we're gonna to auto-enroll you. We're going to make 401ks more available. We want you to be saving for retirement. And because you might be concerned that you can't get this money back, we're going to make it more available to you. But in doing so, they've, they've made it so complicated have they actually done the opposite, right? Because there's all sorts of research saying you shouldn't have a lot of investment options within your 401k because the more choices you have, the more confusing it is, the more less likely you are to contribute. All these rules are so confusing. How is it defeating well, not purpose? Just, not just confusing, but I mean, you just used a really important word there. You said choice. And to me, the, the whole point of financial planning is for you to create for yourself more choices, more options, more control for yourself. And if, you know, the most important tool that you're using for saving for retirement gets started without a choice of yours, it's you're, you're automatically enrolled, your automatic uh, contribution amount is selected for you. There's even an investment picked for you that you'll automatically be contributing to. Um, your emergency fund, we're, we're going to bake that into this, this plan. Like it, it almost turned, I, I don't want to have an environment where you can just kind of turn off your own brain financially, yeah. or, uh, you know, it's just being done for you. It, I, I, you could get into, oh, that feels big brother-ish and, and so on. I, I'm not even going there. I'm saying, man, I, I want you to have the um, the, the the discipline or the built-up habit or the skill accumulating by making great choices along the way. Mm. And um, to, to me, this $1,000 feature, yeah, it feels... I understand why. You know, the, the statistics are, what is it, 56% of Americans can't handle a $1,000 emergency. And if you can't handle a $1,000 emergency, it's hard to argue that you should be saving for a long-term goal like retirement because you don't have a foundation to build that house on, right? But you, is this the right space to save for? Right. It's not the right tool. It's not the right dollar amount. Even if you get $1,000 into your 401k that you could pull back out in an emergency, you still don't have a full emergency fund. Right. Right? Yeah. Um, so... I, I don't know. I, I would just hate for you to just blindly accept the options or, or the choices being made for you built into these plans and think, oh, yeah, I'm good now. I, I've got an emergency fund. I, I may as well be saving for retirement. No. What if your emergency fund needs to be $12,000? Yeah. Here's, Most likely it does. Here's the thing. They didn't call and ask our opinion. And so I, I feel a little bit like I'm belly aching. And but the, the point is these features are now available. It's not it's not a substitute for an emergency fund. And therefore, you still need to work with your CFP to build up that emergency fund. Where should it be held? How much should you have in there? 
and then save aggressively towards your long-term goals. Another big feature, big change has to do with student loans. So Corey, what's the change there? So this one's an interesting one. We know that there's a student loan crisis, um, but now starting in 2024, a plan sponsor can say, hey, we will accept student loan payments as if they were deferrals into the plan so you can get a match. So you'll still send your student loan payment to whoever's holding that, and then we will match that as an employer, employer match into the 401k, which match, and it must meet the same matching schedule. So, you know, if you're doing a 4% match, that, that's going to be the same for the student loan. That's right. That's right. Now, your, your mind might go to the administrative side of all that. Well, how do you keep track of it? That kind of thing. But this is yet another example of incentives being put in place to to help get people going on their retirement savings as early as possible. And um, you might say, well, they're not contributing to the retirement plan. They're, they're paying down on their debt instead. Well, the fact that it allows them to be participating in the sense of eligible for those matches earlier than ever before, it takes away one of the dilemmas that a lot of recent college grads could have on, do I pay down my student loans aggressively or do I get started on my long-term long term contributions? And they're both important goals, right? Yeah. Um, so this is, it's an interesting feature. Um, I, I'm really fascinated to see how many employers will add this feature to the, the plan. It's, it's a feature, a choice that employers can make for themselves if they want to offer it. Right? And I think it's really going to depend on if the employer is the one that has to track this or if they are outsourcing that to someone else, to someone else handling the administration. Because it's mm. not going to be easy to say, yes, this employee definitely contributed to their student loan that qualifies for this match. Like that is going to be a little bit of a mess. That's yeah. I wonder how they are going to prove that. So it's administratively not a nightmare or, you know, maybe the Maybe the government is going to be hiring employees to actually do all this tracking for everyone. <laughs> that would be nice. I so, But I, I agree, Josh, that often when you're graduating from college and you're starting your career, there's been this decision that you need to make. And hopefully you're aware in making this decision. That is, should I aggressively pay down student loans? Do I aggressively build up an emergency fund? Or do I aggressively start saving for retirement? And now Dave Ramsey and his principles, probably the largest voice in financial habits on the radio waves. He's not a financial planner himself. It's hard to disagree with some of his overarching principles, but his thought is, no, you got to pay that stuff off and not save for the 401, save into the 401k. And we've always thought, oh, you've got to be getting that match. Mm-hmm. And the sooner you start saving, those are the hardest working dollars. And so, hey, if you can sort of, if you can aggressively pay down your student loans and get a company match, I, I like that idea. There's a lot of other changes. We've hit some of them. We've got a few more that we're going to tackle. So we've got more coming up here on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. This is The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Josh Gregory, special guest, Corey Johnson. Stay up to date on all Wise Money content. Find us online, wisemoneyshow.com, and then on all of our social media, wherever you're at, we are there as well. Corey's one of our retirement plans experts, does a fantastic job serving small businesses and participants and you and employees, right? The folks that are saving into the 401k, that's our that's our big kind of value add approach in serving small businesses and serving in the retirement plan uh, retirement plan space, making sure that you've got the right retirement plan for you, 
for your business that it's at the right price. There's a lot of them that don't have the right features and are still on an old archaic pricing model and that your employees are supported, right? Corey, one of the things we haven't hit yet is the 401ks over the past, I mean, five, 10 years, PEP, MEP, other acronyms like that. And um, that's becoming more and more the way to structure your 401k and 403Bs, but 403Bs were not, were previously on a separate sort of chassis. And with this new law, there's, they've opened that up. So can you explain yeah. that? So a PEP, a pooled employer plan, uh, became available with Secure Act 1.0 back in 2019 when that got passed. And essentially what that is, is non-related employers can now pull all their assets together underneath one uh, 401k plan, profit sharing plan. And that helps leverage um, the ability to combine the assets and get lower fees, um, some lowered fiduciary responsibilities. If you're subjective, subjected to an audit, a plan audit, you can avoid that. Um, but now because of Secure Act 2.0, a 403B can now join a PEP as well. That's interesting. So it used to be that for-profit businesses had this available, but nonprofits didn't. And right. now yeah. they've uh, at least made them more consistent. That, yeah. That's interesting. So essentially, this is like, it's probably familiar to a lot of business owners and in different industries. Being a part of a large buyer group, there's just some perks that accrue to you when you're buying in, in bulk or in volume. And this is a way to buy the services uh, of a 401k or a 403b um, and, and get some cost savings, essentially. Is yeah, that right? I'd, yeah, I'd say the cost savings are certainly potentially there. But even more importantly, um, depending on how the PEP is set up, the fiduciary liability um, goes down a lot. Mm. Yeah. So there's significant benefits. And, and therefore, that's where I mentioned, you know, a lot of 401ks are still on an old chassis. We're set up in sort of an old world with a, a archaic fee structure and so on. And, and the game has changed and it's not, well, this is a flash in the pan. No, this is the direction of things that helps make 401ks more available, easier to run, reduces risk, reduces cost. So you've got to, you've got to talk to a retirement plans expert, Corey, and, and our team, obviously happy to help. If you, if you run a 401k, need a 401k, or if you run a company, have a 401k, something like that. All right, let's hit a few other changes here. Um, company match. The company match has always been to pre-tax, even if from the moment you started your 401k, your employer offered the Roth side, and you said, that makes the most sense to me, all of your contribution went Roth. We've talked about this before. It doesn't mean your entire account is Roth because your employer contribution up till now has always been pre-tax. Corey, what's the change? Yeah, this might be my favorite provision in all of Secure Act 2.0. Mm -hmm. Yep, me Just too. because it, for those participants or employees that don't, that aren't paying any federal tax right now, why would you not want to have those Roth dollars taxed at zero instead of creating a tax liability for yourself in the future? Mm -hmm. So that's a that is an amazing feature, and this is available now. However, the record keepers, the technology likely isn't available uh, at least for until the end of the year, maybe maybe even farther. I mean, this is a difficult tech technological situation for to be able to track, um, to be able to make that contribution as a Roth because the businesses are still going to want the deduction, but the employer wants to pay the tax now. 
So how are you going to pay the taxes on these Roth dollars? Is it going to be a 1099? Is it going to come off the W-2? There's a lot of different thoughts there. That's very interesting. But so even if you couldn't rush right out and implement this today, it's still something to kind of take mental note of if you're an employer and you're providing a retirement plan to your employees. Um, this this is definitely a feature that gives some flexibility to the employees. It, it allows them to be uh, even better planners for themselves, right? And and you, you hit it well. You said there may be some employees that um, their income is low enough, maybe their family is big enough, whatever, um, you know, uh, contributes to this, but they're in a low enough tax bracket that if if they could go ahead and count that employer match as income to their this year when they're in a low tax bracket, then they don't have to worry about paying tax down the road when they could even be in a higher tax bracket potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's it's the age old Roth versus traditional decision that we talk about all the time. You've just never had it as an option when it comes to those employer match dollars. Now you have that flexibility in theory. But in practice, it's going to be a little while before uh, all the technology, all the systems are in place to, to be able to pull it off. And it's only available if the employer allows it. That's right. Yeah. And yeah. one of the reasons why they might not allow it is the employer contributions made to the Roth account are non-forfeitable. Meaning if you have a vesting schedule, I don't know how they're going to That's make it. Or do you have to wait until the end of your vesting schedule to make this election? There's a lot of weird things. Now, if you have a safe harbor match... Um, this becomes a lot easier, but wow, yeah, interesting uh, dilemma there. And then we've got to figure out well, when you make this, if you make this election, how do you change your withholdings on your own pay stub? Right, this is going to mm-hmm. show up then as taxable income to you, but I don't know if it's automatically going to increase your withholdings or whether you're going to have a just a tax surprise and you've got to increase the withholdings yourself. Um, okay, so. Catch-up contributions. We'll try to hit these last two together. Catch-up contribution, there's now a new tier at a new age, and then there's also a requirement that some catch-up contributions need to be made to the Roth 401k. So, Corey, share these changes with us. Yeah, so the new catch-up contribution are for anyone who's age 60 to 63, and it almost works as a reverse donut hole. So once you hit those ages, you can contribute either $10,000 or 150% of the normal catch-up contribution, which is really worded poorly yeah. <laughs> in my opinion. But um, yeah, that if 150% is over the $10,000, why would you even put the $10,000? Correct, yeah, which it right. currently is. So yeah. And, and then with that, if you are a high-wage earner, I think $145,000 in wages a year, you'll be required to make that to your Roth account. You cannot make a catch-up contribution to the pre-tax account starting in 2024. And that's no catch-up contributions at all, not just, um, you know, from, yeah, the the advanced age of 60 to 64 or whatever, 63. I mean, that's the other thing. So um, this new tier, this new age, we've hit this in some of our other Secure Act uh, discussions, but it's available in the year you turn 60, 61, 62, 63. The year you turn 64, your catch-up contribution has to go back to where it was. And and so I have no idea why they would have structured it that way. And yet at the same time, despite the complexity, despite the, despite the lunacy of it, mm-hmm. um, it still means you've got four years where you've got expanded catch-up contribution. So make sure you're taking advantage of it. Work with your CFP, take advantage of it. 
But whether you're age, you know, at age 50 or, or whatnot, they've defined, they've redefined what a highly comp person is. That, yeah. that, uh, that threshold of 145 grand of income, that's, that's, it doesn't match other definitions. That's correct. right. Um, but if you're in that boat from last year, from last year, I actually thought we've talked about this. The first time we talked about it, it was, well, wait a second. You don't know how much you're going to make until the end of the year. And you've had these catch-up contributions all along. No, it's how much did you make from that employer last year? Mm-hmm. Correct. And so you may be forced to do Roth. So, Josh, just we've talked about a whole bunch of changes. Put it all together. Summarize it. What's this mean for individuals? Well, I'll talk about individuals and employers. I mean, a retirement plan is one of the most important tools that a lot of um, families have to be able to accumulate for one of the biggest goals that they have. But you only have it at your disposal if your employer offers it. So, of course, we encourage a lot of small businesses. There are ways for you to get these in place without burdening your own team or yourself um, and without breaking the bank as well. There are some great incentives out there. And if uh, you work for an employer that has one of these plans or is setting it up, I encourage you to participate, take advantage of it. It is important. Work with your CFP. They are here to help. And for you small business owners, work with a retirement plan expert like Corey. Thanks for being on the show. And make sure you've got the right plan with the right features. That's all the time we have for today. On behalf of Josh Gregory, myself, all of us at Corhorn Financial Group, have a great week. And we'll see you next Saturday for the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Look at those edits. <laughs> yeah, Josh, who edits all of them, and Kevin, who reads it like a rope yeah. bot. <laughs> securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.